0: Hello, everyone. This is Xander Braffel, Director of Marketing Ops at CS2 with the Forward Thinking Podcast. Joining me today is Chelsea Byron, Senior Manager of Marketing Ops at CS2, to provide guidance on inheriting a new instance and how to wrap your arms around it. Welcome, Chelsea. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, Xander. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: That's awesome. This is the first time we've had you on the podcast, isn't it?
1: It is my first time, and uh, funny enough, I actually found out about CS2 through the podcast, um, and so now we've really come full circle since I started here about six months ago.
0: Absolutely, I you know I think that it's uh, it's something that a lot of people have gone through. I know myself personally uh, that was my first real introduction to CS2 as well. So glad to know that the podcast was working in recruitment um, <laughs> for both of us. So that's so awesome. Well, I'd love to just take a couple of minutes to introduce you to the audience. Uh, We will start to have some new voices on the podcast uh, with new members of the team coming in to share experiences and projects and insights um, into some of our key topics. So, Chelsea, how did you get involved in marketing operations?
1: Definitely. So, I started um, in college with a marketing degree. And uh, I actually really started my career as more of a generalist, like a lot of us in MOPS probably did. Um, I was always interested in data and analytics and uh, initially was presented with the opportunity to work in email marketing and at the time was using Acton um, marketing software and eventually was part of a team that implemented Marketo. which shortly after our implementation, my boss actually left the company and I was the only person that knew the tool on the team. So they were like, Chelsea, you know, would you like to you know, really spearhead this and, and take it on? And I'm like two years into my career um, and just said, sure, like, what do I have to lose? Right. Um, so I've I've really been in mops ever since. Um, certainly there wasn't a name for that at the time it was (laughs) digital marketing um so that's that's been what i focused on but um and then in my my past job had a a team um of marketing specialists who worked in Marketo with me and really really enjoyed mentoring them and um getting to have a sense of consulting within our team and thought maybe I could do this um, at a, a deeper level. Um, maybe th- there's more to this than, um, you know, working in-house. So uh, the role at CS2 opened up and I made the switch to consulting and haven't looked back.
0: That's awesome. What's your favorite thing so far about consulting? You said that you've been with the team for about six months. So
1: I think I love the most being able to um, work on projects you know in multiple iterations right like for example we do a lifecycle implementation it's not just like a one and done project right like we we do it for one client and then the next month we might do it for another um a couple months later we'll do it again so i find that every time there's something new to discover which is fascinating to me um and I, I just like the iterative process that it brings and really being able to help you fine tune uh, your strategy and um, and all of that each time.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's like sales, you get multiple at-bats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Well, great. Um, So I'd love to jump in. uh, Again, today, what we're talking about is inheriting an instance. Uh, We've been talking through a lot of strategy and how do we bring in the revenue growth architecture. um, And I feel like such a good place is you get a new instance, whether it's you're brand new to the company, uh, or maybe it's multiple companies that are merging into one and we're bringing on and, and, and bringing on multiple instances into a single one. Um, so when you are in that situation, what do you recommend people start with to ensure that they're getting the most context before necessarily jumping in?
1: Totally. Yeah, I think it's, um, there's a couple steps that I would recommend. So the first is really uncovering the why. Um, I think a lot of us have probably inherited new tech stacks or systems and, um, really before jumping into it, what I'd recommend is, is really trying to identify that why, um, and understanding the marketing strategy, right? Like what is, what is your goal behind this? Um, maybe if it's a new, new role that you're in, you had opportunities to ask questions about it. Uh, during the interview process or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, um, but really understanding what that motivation is behind um, behind using your marketing automation tool. Um, things like your KPIs, your metrics, right? Like w- what is important to you? um and really getting an understanding of, you know, what are you currently using? What kind of reports are you looking at? What kind of dashboards do you have? Um, how are those being socialized within the company? Are they being managed well? Um, and then really just also identifying any gaps, right? Like um, trying to, to to really hone in on those um, before you kind of, get through the to the next steps that we're gonna talk through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're listing a lot of things that we do when we're coming into a brand new client, right? Totally. It, it's 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 the interview process. Um, also like nothing is more valuable than just getting current state documentation, if you have it. Uh, and hopefully you do, right? To, to give you kind of a starting point. So I always recommend that as well as is reading anything that you do have access to. Um, And, and really like, what can you say toward understanding, like how the marketing team is going to market Mm -hmm. when it comes to this? Definitely. Like, I know for me, I always find if, if we have a strong focus on ABM. It's going to make a lot more sense about how your system is set up versus I have a strong focus on PLG, right? And, and your priorities are going to align differently depending on, on what that go-to-market strategy is. Have you had any experiences, uh, so far when you're bringing on a new client that, you know, you discovered something upfront that really changed how you approached a project?
1: Definitely. I think, um, and in, in a lot of cases I've seen, there are certain elements that are really fundamentals to marketing automation, like lifecycle and lead sourcing, um, that it doesn't take long for us to ask the right questions and get into their tool to understand, okay, you know, we've got some things to work on here, right? Um, so I think just trying to identify some of those quickly and sometimes the client um, or you in your role may have an understanding of, of what those things are off the bat right
0: absolutely absolutely so so you've gained some context and you're and you're learning a little bit about like how people are using it who would you recommend connecting with to kind of build out that scope
1: yeah so I think that um, this is a, a really important part: is really understanding the who, understanding who's using the system today, how is it being utilized. Um, I personally like to focus on sales and marketing and really emphasize those teams. Within marketing, understanding, you know, are you are you utilizing a decentralized or a centralized model, right? Like. Do you have a bunch of cooks in the kitchen or is it, is it just a, a designated MOPs team that's, that's in the tool? Um, really just taking time to identify those stakeholders and get to know them, you know, I mean, even outside of, of your objectives with, um, with marketing automation, like use the time to, um, to really understand their goals and, um, and what's driving them in their roles. And um, ultimately, too, especially if you're coming into a new role, use them to really understand um, what the team's expectation is for marketing automation. How has it been used in the past? Um, You know, are there insights that you could glean from them um, that could kind of help guide you along uh, your discovery process, right? So. Yeah of course you need to, to do your own checks and balances according to what they say. Um, but I think uh, kind of using that partnership to, to really understand the, the historical knowledge
0: um, is helpful. Super. Um, so it sounds, it sounds to me uh, right now, kind of like focusing on the marketing team is a great place to go. What teams would you recommend connecting with who are outside of marketing?
1: Yeah, so I'd say sales next, right? Um, if you have a sales ops team, I think that that would be really important to connect with them and um, partner with them, get their buy-in. Um, again, understand what their pain points are um, and, and expectations. Um, another good resource could be your CRM admin. Um, web development, you know, there's, there's people within it, um, that you may need as a resource. So, um, just reaching out to them as well and, and having those initial conversations, I think it's best to just go ahead and involve people early on. Um, so that way, by the time you're, um, all said and done with your, uh, your strategy, you you're able to have those stakeholders to present, um, present to.
0: For sure. For sure. I, I also find, um, if you have a team that has like a, an analytics team, you know, maybe mm-hmm. somebody that's owning like a data warehouse or a centralized BI solution, um, that those folks can be really useful to have, uh, as a part of your kind of cohort, so to speak. Um, and, and it's really important, like as you're starting to meet these people to understand what are their priorities, you know, because totally. you're probably coming in and there's going to be a lot of change that you're trying to introduce into the systems and they all talk with each other. Right. Um, so if you can get involved in like weekly syncs or if they have uh, if they have sprint planning or things like that, like how can you insert yourself into the process so that way you're not you know disrupting the system? inevitably you're probably going to disrupt the system because you're a new person into it. But if you can make that transition easier, you know, all the better. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've even held um, office hours with certain groups, you know, like sales ops to say like, Hey, let's just allocate this time, you know, whether that's once every other week, once a month to have brainstorming sessions, working sessions, really just keep that communication open. um, Especially as you're, Inheriting a new tool, I think, is is key,
0: for sure. Um, one one team that I also find that's super useful to to get in, engaged with is procurement. Um, if you yeah. are lucky to have a procurement team <laughs> who can like go to bat for you when you're negotiating new contracts, because we're talking about inheriting an instance, but let's be real, marketing ops typically owns multiple tools nowadays, yeah. and so you know not only can procurement help you with the procurement process, but they can also help you identify owners of integrations, um, tools that you didn't know that you had access to, tools that nobody knew that they had access to. And those may be findings that you can say, let's eliminate tools A, B, and C. You're coming in, not even doing a lot of work, but you're all already saving your organization money. That uh, automatically gives you a win when it comes to, uh, t- to folks on the finance side.
1: Right. Yeah. And even things like renewal, you know, like keeping up to date with when systems are renewing, if you want to even renew them or potentially look at other tools. um, Definitely.
0: Absolutely. So, so you've identified who you want to work with. You've identified some of the, the, the larger why we're doing things within the systems. So now it's kind of like, what do we need to find? Right. So how do you go about digging in and getting the information that you need out of your instance?
1: Yeah. So here comes the fun part, right? Is, uh, really rolling your sleeves up and getting your hands dirty. Um, so I think uh, the biggest piece here is documentation and really, um, you know, defining and documenting the current state, whether that's, um, You know, I like to call it an audit or a diagnostic, um, but just diving in deep to your, to your instance in this case, um, and looking at some of the fundamentals, right? So, um, whether you're utilizing kind of like an audit template or whatever that document like might look like to you, um, looking at a couple of things. So thinking about fundamentals, like life cycle, for example, Um, life cycle is one that we see many variations of really taking a look at, okay, are, are the stages being clearly defined? Are we date stamping things properly? Um, you know, taking a look at, at the data and, and evaluating it. Um, do we have these different marketing or sales dashboards set up that are needed? That's a big Um, one,
0: right? Yeah, Like, especially as we think about the life cycle. um, I think that a lot of organizations, they have the life cycle in place in some capacity, but are they utilizing the data to make decisions? That can open up a whole different can of worms that you may not be necessarily thinking about.
1: Totally. And do they have it documented, right? Like sometimes it's like, oh, well, we know it's working, but we don't totally know how or or that. So I I think that this documentation you're creating is, is really something that you can refer back to later on when, you know, you're not deep in the weeds and you, you may not remember every single little detail. Um, the, the other thing, one of the other things I would look at is like scoring, right? So that's mm-hmm. another key fundamental for us that we, we look at during our assessments. Um, are, we, are we scoring on demographic and behavior? Is it just one or the other? Um, you know, have we actually used some kind of analysis to really think about, okay, of our existing MQLs, are, are we, how are we taking that and informing, um, you know, our, our values, um, and prioritizing the scoring model, um, are we lacking data on specific fields that we're using for scoring, you know? <laughs> really just trying to get that, that full picture painted um, within each of these areas.
0: Are um, you reviewing it on a regular basis? Is the sales <laughs> team engaged in actually in actually evaluating that scoring, right? It's such yeah. an arbitrary thing, but there's there are ways that you can go about doing it that can be more objective, right?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, so I think too, like lead source and attribution, another big one um, that we look at here at CS2, um, really trying to understand how are we assigning opportunities to a source? Um, hmm. One thing we talk a lot about is the where and what problem. So are we really capturing where the person is? Uh, came from, and then what they converted on, right? Like sometimes organizations are looking at maybe one of those two things, um, but really making sure that we've got both of those accounted for.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a big difference. It's not easy to do. um, But like when you when you find a good solution to to be able to to get that data in place oftentimes we're looking at u- utilizing like the salesforce campaign and then stamping mm-hmm. utm parameters onto that and there's other solutions right you can get a you can get a a actual attribution tool to help you can do you know multiple ways of solving that problem but first things first is to understand what are we doing in current state if anything
1: right definitely Uh, I'd look too at your lead process. What kind of SLAs do you have in place for that? You know, what's the handoff process like? Um, Is that clear? Is there alignment between sales and marketing on that? Um, (laughs) That alignment is key across a lot of these different areas, right? Like one department might think they have it figured out while the other one sees gaps. Mm -hmm. So really making sure that um, there's that clear alignment
0: so you bring up an interesting point of that alignment um you know when you're when you're meeting with those stakeholders, do you recommend doing surveys? do you recommend doing one-on-one conversations because you can get a lot of these answers from like a system perspective, but you can actually get it from your end users and and their understanding of how these processes work
1: definitely yeah I think, you know it probably depends for me i personally like to have a conversation i find that people are often more engaged um, in a one-on-one conversation than they might be in just a survey maybe they don't feel like they have the time to take a survey Mm -hmm. but they're willing to hop on a phone call um, with you so that's what i kind of tend to like to do and again that's helping you build a relationship and ultimately getting that buy-in um and helping them feel heard and and listened to, which is half the battle some of the time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, I'd say a couple other key things, Um, you know, look at the data integrity, like, where do you have maybe loss in data um, that could be coming from automations that are running? Um, What does your database look like? Right? Are there is it full of unsubscribes and people that you can't even market to? Um, that might be a case where you, you wanna recommend purging those people. Um, as, uh, as our listeners probably know, a lot of marketing automation tools actually charge you based on the amount of people you have in the database. So, you know, often we hear that from clients like, oh, you know, we're reaching our, our maximum number of contacts. We need to do a database cleanse um, to just kind of purge. So that's a big one too. And then, um, campaigns also, um, campaigns, what's running well, um, are there nurtures that are included in the system? Um, you know, what's running on an ongoing basis? Like, first of all, you need to make sure that you can keep the lights on, right. And, um, and keep those, whether they're, you know, autoresponders or nurture programs, make sure that those are running well. Um, but take a look at the reporting too and, and understand, you know, is there, um, is there context around maybe when and why we're sending emails? Um, is there a strategy to this, um, you know, I think that that's, that's the next big piece of it that I would recommend is is the reporting um, and, and really getting a sense of, you know, what you're reporting on today, what maybe you could be reporting on, um, and how those reports are being shared. Are they automated in some fashion? Um, are they even asked for at all? You know, like it's sometimes you're um you're just having to start from scratch so
0: yeah something that we that we really try and get all of our clients on is like a analytics framework right what is Mm -hmm. your what is your central just dependable dashboards that everybody in the organization can go to because we've talked about it many times nothing's worse than walking into an mbr and marketing has a report and sales ops has a report and they're different information and everybody gets confused. So the more yep. that you can align that data, the better, right? Definitely. Um, one yeah. thing that I wanted to quick do is is go back to the campaigns conversation. Um, you bring up a really good point of like understanding what the always on is, what the nurture is, and something that can go a long way is to kind of do a secret shopper experience. Mm. Like fill out a fast track form, fill it out with a, with a fake, e- not a fake email, but like an email that you could receive uh, feedback to. Do you get the response? Do you get sales reaching out? Do you get a phone call? Um, Do you get a nurture track? You know, all of those sort of things can go a long way of actually testing out the, just the always on evergreen programs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm a big fan of, uh, I like to call it testing your own instance. Like, and I like your, your term of the secret shopper, like really just, um, getting in there to fully experience it yourself. Cause you're right. Like sometimes you may not have any idea that something's running until, um, you know, you test it out and, and you see the flows. So exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get that, get that customer experience as a customer.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think too. You know, the the audit and the the discovery, it could really be a good time to bring in an outside agency too, right? Like a lot of times teams don't have the time to do a massive audit of every single detail within their instance. Um, you know, they really want to understand current state, but they may only be able to get certain pieces of that. So um Or maybe they don't even know, like maybe they know they need a life cycle, but they don't really know what that could look like. So I think, you know, that's a time when, um, some of our clients have brought us in to actually really do the deep dive for them. And we report back with, with our findings and recommendations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember coming into new instances and you, 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 you kind of have to take what you have from your experience. So if you don't have a lot of experience, it's nice to be able to bring in somebody from the outside. Um, even sometimes when you have a lot of experience, like I've worked with plenty of clients who have been doing marketing ops for decades, but they just go, "Listen, I have a lot of things I'm trying to solve right now. So can you work on, you know, auditing and, and letting us know where the gaps are? Um, because you want to you want to be able to document current state, but if you can't compare that to a better practice." Um, we try to avoid saying best practice because there's not really a best practice. There's so many different ways that you can solve a problem. But if you're not able to bounce that against you know, what you know to be working, um, you can just leave with a list of to-dos and uh, not really a great way to figure out how to solve it. True. Very true
1: yeah and and every inherited instance is I mean it it honestly will always present some type of unique challenge, right. So yeah. I feel like getting um, getting an outsider's perspective on that is is really crucial to the success of um, of the tool.
0: For sure, for sure. And it's also really important like as you're bringing it as you're coming into an instance that that you know there's no judgment don't judge yeah. because at the end of the day, like everybody was making the best decision that they could make with the budget and the time and the expertise that they had. Um, so, you know, nobody's, I don't believe that people are coming into work to like destroy all things. Right. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> for the most not, part, yeah. at least, hopefully not. Um, yeah. and, and at the end of the day, like, like, we can all try and make things better. So, you know, making sure that you're not throwing people under the bus because maybe some of those stakeholders that you just met were a part of the decision-making team that did a thing, right? So if you are throwing things under a bus, it's not usually a good way to build allies.
1: Yeah, that's a quick way to step on some toes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. Um, So you've gone through, you've done this amazing audit. How do you figure out what to work on first?
1: Hmm. So, uh, you know, I really at this point like to focus on addressing the red flags. Right? There's going to be things that you uncover that are just screaming and firing alarms. Um, you need to really take a stab at those first. Um, as much as we do, you know, really want to be strategic about this, um, if you. Uncover that you are violating GDPR or, you know, you don't have the proper security measures in place such as SPF, uh, DKIM, like you need to address those probably pretty quickly sooner than later. Right. Um, So so really taking those and then just any kind of like low hanging fruit um, and and thinking about from your, your large documentation, your list, like where can we really get the most bang for our buck um, pretty quickly out the gate? So identifying those right. quick wins and um, and tackling those red
0: flags. For sure. Um, is there a good way that you found to like actually document that and highlight that for stakeholders?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, as you're documenting through your audit really, taking a, taking a, a list of your priorities, um, creating a list. And I would say, um, really even taking that a step further and developing a roadmap.
0: Great. Yeah. Um, um, something that I just wanted to kind of like chime in with that we do at CS2, that we find to be very helpful with clients is like, we'll build out a priority matrix. Mm-hmm. So we'll have, you know, the low-hanging fruit, low effort, high impact in that upper left quadrant. Uh, high, high impact, but more effort in the upper right, and then low, low impact, low effort, and then low impact, high effort, right? And by being able to kind of bucket there, that's where you can really say, like, these are the red flags or the low-hanging fruit. Let's identify that first, and then you can start to look at the next two buckets when you start to roadmap.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think to your point of, of the priority matrix, you know, having that list of priorities is what you could utilize to then map out that, that matrix, right?
0: Yeah. So as you're thinking about the roadmap, are there any specific recommendations on how to, like, specifically, is there a way that you can balance the, I have to keep the lights on and I have to keep operating the business versus these roadmap items that might take a lot of time? How do you, how do you balance the two?
1: I think one one thing is really fine tuning your request process. Mm-hmm. If you have teams that are, um, you know, requesting new projects from you, um, really creating an intake process around that will be extremely helpful, um, so that you can kind of, you know, gather requirements first and foremost, but also really help you prioritize to say like, okay. Does this fit on the roadmap? Does it not? Is it very pri- Is it a priority? Is it not? If it's not, then it can probably wait, right? And mm-hmm. um, so, th- so that would be a good starting point. Um, Absolutely.
0: I think also having that having that roadmap and having it prioritized. And then starting to be able to like give rough estimates in terms of t- timing, um, even if it's t-shirt size, right? Like this is an extra large project. This is a two X project. This isn't. This is a small. It can really help you tell a story and maybe maybe you need to start advocating for more resources, whether that's another hire, maybe, you know, this is your opportunity to start trying to build a team. Um, It could be another opportunity to bring in outside resources and really help you understand, like, there's there's so much work that we need to make. This is the benefit that we can bring to the business if we do it. And then bring bring along your executive team to try and make that decision on whether or not, you know, you want to make the right investments to get all of the things done.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I think too, focusing on long-term projects, right? Because right out of the gate of an audit or discovery, you're going to have a lot of small things um, to work on too, but um, really fixing your... Your focus on long-term projects that align with that roadmap, I think, are um, are going to be really crucial for your success.
0: Absolutely fantastic. So, just talk to me a little bit about like, let's say that we have a roadmap and we get three of our really large initiatives done. What's the long term? You know, you we're not done after we just launch a launch a new project, right? So, what's that long term vision?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that, especially in marketing operations, we're we're always improving. We're always, um, you know, scaling up. and what I would really recommend is staying close to the stakeholders that you've worked with during the discovery phase, even as you're road mapping. Um, stay close to them, understand their pain points. Um, and what they're working on to really open your eyes to potential new challenges that they may be facing that you can help with um, and incorporate into your to your roadmap. Um, you may just not have visibility to that if you're working in more of a silo.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so keeping that conversation open, I think, will um, will definitely yield some work along the way that you can add to
0: it. For sure, for sure. Um. Well, fantastic. Chelsea, are there any, like, just closing thoughts that you have toward these topics?
1: Yeah, you know, I think there's a couple, um, couple things that I would highlight. So the first that I'd really encourage our listeners or anyone that's inherited a new instance recently, um, is take some of the pressure off yourself to fix everything immediately. Like, you know, it can be overwhelming to go through all of this discovery and find issues and and think, oh my gosh, like I have to fix everything right now. Um, and that's just not the case, right? I mean, hopefully it's not the case for you. I think in most positions, people are understanding that these things take time. Um, really really and i can't emphasize this enough get to know your systems get to know your internal processes um very closely before you start diving in making changes because the last thing you want is to make a change that could impact something downstream that you didn't have visibility to because you were only looking at the surface level right so um you know, once you're ready to make those changes, I'd recommend keeping a change log. Um, that's something we do for a lot of our clients at CS2, um, just to have documentation of, of what kind of updates are being made. Um, a lot of monitoring goes on when changes are made. So so really maintaining that to, to keep track of updates um, is, is going to be key.
0: Fantastic. And then, Chelsea, as you think about, you know, what do people do wrong when they come into a new instance? <laughs> what, what are some of the gotchas that you want to highlight?
1: Yeah. You know, I think one thing is um, sometimes people expect that they're going to catch everything the first time around in their audit. Um, they may not understand that it doesn't just take one, one diagnostic, right? Like it's, no matter how well your system is set up or how well you fine tune it, we're in marketing operations, things are going to break. Um, you know, I think most people are, um, aware of, aware of that. So just being prepared to discover something new, um, and being open-minded to that, um, versus kind of coming into it, thinking that you're going to solve all the world's problems, um, in, in one day
0: give yourself some grace, right?
1: Yeah. And then lastly, I'd say, you know, stay focused. Um, like I mentioned with, with the requests earlier, I think it can be easy to get overwhelmed with new requests that are coming through. Um, so just really give yourself that permission to, um, you know, maybe not focus on it immediately, um, take in the requirements and, um, understand the, the need, but certainly don't fall into the trap of getting too reactive. Um, and, you know, stay the course so that you don't, uh, end up in a situation where you're not able to deliver on, um, on your roadmap because you've, you know, tried to take on other projects along the way that, that maybe weren't as high of a priority.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That request process can go a very, very long way. Totally. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much. This was such a good topic, right? Um, and just to just to kind of recap, uh, because it's a meaty meaty topic. Um, you know what we're talking about is really starting with the why, and getting an understanding of the context to why decisions were made, why the instance is set up the way that it is. Um, and then also, you know, what is the why for your marketing team? Uh, are you focused on ABM? Are you focused on demand generation? Are you focused on PLG? Is there a mixture of all of those things? As a MOPS professional, it's important to identify that upfront. Um, it's also important to understand who you should be engaging with, whether that's inside of the marketing team so that you can really understand what your marketing goals are or outside of the marketing team, specifically with sales operations, IT, the sales team themselves, uh, analytics, other teams that you may need to be engaged with to make sure that you're aligning your priorities with theirs or at the very least, getting your priorities heard by that team. After you've identified that, you wanna make sure that you are identifying the what. So you're going into your systems, you're understanding all of the processes, life cycle, lead sourcing, lead scoring, taking a look at all of the reports and dashboards, uh, and really making sure that you have a clear understanding of how all of the systems are working together. And then take all of that information and identify your roadmap. Prioritize the red flags and the low hanging fruit and put together a plan and size that plan for the future and make sure that that's communicated out with your executive team so that you have the support that you need to make the biggest changes in your instance that you can make. That was the forward thinking podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a review. Uh, If you're watching us on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. Thank you so much. This has been Xander and Chelsea with the forward thinking podcast. Goodbye.